You are now tuned in to Conscientization 101, an online magazine combining reflection, music, and action through independent media. In America, the capitalist system not only makes the people stupid, but keeps them arrogant in their stupidity. This stupidity in the country, this calculated stupidity, affects the African masses more because they read even less than the others. And they need to read more. Our people suffer because they lack knowledge. At this stage of human development, one of the best ways to acquire knowledge indirectly is through reading. Yo, I'm reading this new book, man. Yo, this shit is so deep, yo. Shit got my mind thinking about a whole new other format, man. You know what I'm saying? Fuck a book, man. The book is fucking your head up, man. Yo, when's the last time you read anything, man? Never, motherfucker. Why won't he play throwing? Just act retarded. Cause when you grow single parent poor, that's your place. Don't read too many books, sag your jeans through your face. Chat shit, act thick, practice your backflip. Fuck your motherfucking arse out, flip the cameras. Provide the entertainment for your coachable betters. Men of letters think we could only be smart if they let us. No, knowledge ain't for punks, they market it like it is. Cause who the fuck wants to be cotton from fresh prints? But geeks design the systems, the visions, the politicians, Malthus and the Smiths. We're living in their vision, so knowledge is power. Could devour on cowards and showered you with propaganda each and every hour That's why Malcolm never died, it's just another tug on the road A symbol over the globe, cause did you know? The most rebellious thing you can do is get educated Forget what they told you in school, get educated I ain't saying play by the rules, get educated Get educated, get educated, get educated Break the chains of their enslavement, get educated Even if you're on the pavement, get educated What a weapon that your brain is, get educated Get educated. Hello and welcome to another edition of Conscientization 101 Podcast. I'm your host on this episode, James Stone, and today we will be airing part two of an interview we did with Professor Julian Kuhn about his book, Is Apartheid Really Dead? Pan-Africanist Working Class Cultural Critical Perspectives. All right, now remember, these are just excerpts from the interview that took place with us and Julian Kuhn. The whole interview was three hours long, and we'll have details at the end of the show how you can get access to the whole three-hour interview. But without further ado, let's just jump into the show right now. Our next question is, why have people such as Chris Hani, Robert Mangalusa Sabukwe of the Pan-African Congress of Izania, and organizations like the Black Conscious Movement led by Steve Biko, been left out of the historical record analysis of Azania when portrayed in Western media? Um, and, and we kind of touched on earlier, in particular, these these gentlemen's understanding of raising of blackness. I understand if I'm correct me if I'm wrong that Chris Hani was while he was in the ANC and he was the head of Conto Wunsizwe, the arm wing. He was particularly more popular among African, as they would say, lower working class, the peasantry, as opposed to Madiba. Uh, 
and who is more popular with the, you know, the petty professionals and things of that nature. So just why are these guys? I mean, I didn't learn about Chris Honey until I was till late I was 20s, late. Actually, it's maybe 30s. Yeah. You know, so I didn't learn about Chris. And I, when I learned about this, 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 this brother was he couldn't sleep in the same place every night. Well, you know, and Becky was rolling around with a tweed jacket, smoking his pipe. You know, he later said he was a Thatcherite. I mean, oh, God, and Becky, oh, God, you're, you're a great guy, buddy. <laughs> Why are these guys left out? Just just talk, tell us a little bit. Right. Uh, Chris Honey um, was also leader of the, you know, South African Communist Party, and he his death was not an accident. I mean, I think we can all, just like, you know, Walter Rodney and... Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go down the list. It's just, you know, when they say uh, somebody, was, you know, was just uh, some sporadic assassin, just like the killing of King, you know, or even of Kennedy for that matter, you know. So when you look at how these things were orchestrated, Chris Honey was the most popular person among the grassroots, among the working classes, and among the black so-called proletariat, you know, the black poor. And uh, they understood that he was extremely popular because he made it very clear in terms of his position that the issues of the land and the control of the economy had to come into the hands of the black working class. You know, he was a man of the people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when they saw that, you know, the African National Congress, of course, uh, had already compromised. You know, this is about capital. I talked about that in my book. You know, it was a negotiated settlement. Yes. And, and, and they had to, they had to come. They had to say that, you know, your investments, Western capitalist people are all protected under the African National Congress. Chris Honey will not stand in the way. We'll, we'll, and we'll, we'll take care of that. And so, you know, the day that he was killed, his bodyguard went, you know, somehow disappeared, just like when Malcolm was killed. You remember? Yes. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the bodyguard wasn't there. He was unarmed. And, and there's this white guy that goes in and just kills him, you know. So uh, this is part of the plan in the way that these uh, systems operate. You know, um, Bob Marley sings about that. How long shall they continue to kill our, you know, heroes while we stand aside and look? I mean, just uh, the, the same thing when you look at Sobukwe, you know, uh, who... You know, they said, I mean, the, 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 the white um, prison authorities were saying, yes, we can let Madiba go, Mandela go. Yes. But we won't let Sabukwe have any role to play with the Pan-Africanist Congress. And of course, they have worked consistently to delegitimate the Pan-Africanist Congress, you know, because it's called Pan-African. Mm-hmm. You know, any Pan-African... See, South Africa sees, its, it sees itself as an extension of Europe. Yeah, it's a part of the West. Yeah, they see itself. Part it, so of the yeah. West, not a part of Africa. Exactly. See, because that's where the white people have lived the longest. So, you know, it's, it's, and it's kind of funny when people talk, you know, when they say, well, uh, I'm leaving South Africa, even the African people, you know, I'm going across to Zimbabwe. They say, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to Nigeria. I'm going to Africa. I mean, that, this is how they talk amazing. about it. This is how colonized people have been. So, Anything to do with Pan-Africanism, Pan-Africanism and, of, of, of course, Robert Mangalisa Sobokwe, who was one of the leaders in the uprising on the 21st of March, 1960, Sharpeville Massacre, 
69 people killed, mm-hmm. 188 wounded. I talk about that in the book, commemorated today. Today is Human Rights Day, good day to do the interview. Also the day of Shopville. Uh, no serious recognition given to Sobukwe uh, in South Africa today. People Are you serious? Most black students don't even know who he is. Are you serious? Oh, yes, yes. Just, you know, just relegated to the margins. Now, Steve Biko... Steve Biko is known to the youth because of the way that brothers and sisters have sung about him. You know, there's so many songs about Biko, Sweet Honey and the Rock. I mean, you have so many different uh, um, commemorations and accolades in honor of Steve Biko that they can squelch Steve Biko. But I remember going to Steve Biko's graveside um, just outside uh, King, it's called King Williamstown you know, just outside in the Eastern Cape. And it was just, you know, a a little bush, uh, a little uh, stone there. It was totally unrecognized. This was like in, I think it was in the late 80s, maybe. Or no, maybe early 90s, maybe early 90s. And I was just saying, how is it that now, of course, they've changed it and made it a memorial place and so on. But Steve Biko is not commemorated in South Africa. You know, September 12th, 1997, which was the day that he was uh, murdered, assassinated, is not an official holiday in South Africa. Even though it was Steve Biko and the Black Consciousness Movement that gave the impetus for the uprising in Soweto in 1976, and which triggered all of the movements in the townships throughout the 1980s that made South Africa, quote, ungovernable, that led to the so-called negotiated settlement where the African National Congress and, and uh, the South African Communist Party and so on, these parties became unbanned and so on, right? It was the black consciousness movement that provided the freedom fighters, even to Mkonto where Siswe, that Chris Honey was, um, you know, once the head of. So Steve Biko, uh, because he represented black consciousness, Again, coming back to that whole mythic ideology about the rainbow nation, black and white together, you know, uh, reconciliation, um, you know, all that kind of thing. Don't get on Uh, reconciliation. So that because he talks about black consciousness, I'm black and I'm proud, just like James Brown said, (laughs) because he's talking about black pride. And if you talk about black pride in South Africa, this is how white supremacist South Africa is. If you talk about black pride, everybody in the establishment says you're anti-white. Don't say that. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's that's one of the key things you point out in the book. And the thing, the parallels that I when, I, when we were reading the book is that, I mean, the African-American, and I say that correctly, African-American and the South African, not the Azanian, <laughs> and not the African in America, there are so many parallels. It's... I, I feel like I grew up in uh, uh, South Africa myself when I yeah. when I was reading. You, they, it's like the policing of blackness, and then I I think you also talk about in the book how they even show like um, black middle class images from America into South, introduce that into South Africa. I mean, it's so oh. amazing yeah. how uh, the parallels. I mean, and the thing about it is, except we on our own land over there, and one of the things about Biko, if you if Listen to audience, we can go to our website. We have a link to it. I write what I like. Biko was no lover of the liberals, okay? 
I no. love me some Biko. He was black, okay. then mahogany. He was no lover of the liberals. And he broke it down. He he said the Coca-Cola, y'all want us to fit into this Coca-Cola type pops. Yes. And then they're gonna put Kevin Klein in that damn movie. That's all. <laughs> and okay. made it about him. Made it about Kevin Klein and his yes, little family. And, and and that's why Biko had to be murdered. He had to be murdered. They couldn't use him like they used Madiba. See, Mandela. So they had to murder him. And it, 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 it's horribly sad because Biko symbolized the highest potential, not just of Azania, but of Africa and of African youth. And Biko was a genius, you know, spiritually an ancestor, never afraid. And the thing about Steve Biko, he, never, he was never concerned about money. Never concerned about money. I mean, he had a position at the medical school, you know? Yes, he yes. Very brilliant. He gave it up. He class wasn't suicide. About, he wasn't concerned about, yes, class suicide. He wasn't concerned about being a part of the petty bourgeoisie. It wasn't about him. It was about the collective, about the black poor. And he said, we always share in Africa. We come out of a collective culture. We are not individualistic. We are not capitalists. We have roots in our ancestors. Okay? We have this. We love each other. We enjoy. One of the things that Steve Biko said, you know, he would just tell these stories just extemporaneously. He said, we can spend hours with each other. We don't need to have an agenda. We love being together. You know, before yeah. they get together, they have to have a retreat. You know, <laughs> you know, even black people, you're going to have a retreat for us to get together. <laughs> was talking about, Steve Biko was talking about, we are spontaneously collective. You know, we are in harmony with each other. We have solidarity with each other. But colonization and white supremacy came in and the white liberals came in. As he said, they give you the kick, then they tell you how to respond to the kick. Yes. Right? That's typical white liberalism. White supremacy, that's what li white liberalism is, white supremacy, mm -hmm. all again, under, you know, philanthropy. See, we want to we do so much good in Africa, you know? I mean, it's just, I was just watching the clip, you know, we're doing, uh, I mean, there's a whole uh, cyclone, global warming that hit this island, this black island called uh, Vanuatu in the South Pacific. Mm. And I've been close by, I was in Papua New Guinea last summer. I was looking at the devastation, and again, it's all these white people from Australia now, quote, rescuing black people. You know? And let's not talk about Australia. They, they can rescue yeah, the okay. black people by getting there, <laughs> going back, get out. You know, it's like, you know, go rescue Europe so that she doesn't go and rape the rest of the world. Thank you. Yeah. You know, don't go talk about the good things that you're doing in the world after you started global warming, uh -huh. industrialism, pollution. You know, climate change and the way that it's escalated, this chaotic weather we're seeing, freezes and so on. So Steve Biko said, you know, this is our land. And whatever we have, the problems we have, those are our problems. We don't, white pe we don't need white people to come and tell us how to resolve our problems. Yeah, they can't These are family discussions. See, they created the problem. They need to be removed from the solution because they are the problem. They haven't, fixed, they haven't proved that they could be uh, able to fix their own solutions. They just yes. carry them off over there to somebody else. They lived in feudalism, and then they yes. came over here, 
And then after that, they just, you know, they had they had their contradictions and now we have the contradiction and they're able to use this as a buffer Absolutely. class. We've taken on their contradictions. That's why you talked about, you know, uh, progressives. Not black people talking about, you're progressive. You're liberal. <laughs> you know, it's like the Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. You know, what's a liberal, what's a progressive? You know, we have bought into this ideology that we're different. See, we're different. Like Malcolm used to say, you know, you don't catch hell because you're a Methodist or you're Presbyterian right. or, you know, you're Protestant or Baptist. You catch hell because you're black. See, and that's what Malcolm and Steve Biko were on the same plane. Mm-hmm. That's why both had to be murdered. Yep. You see? And their ass- assassinations delegitimated. You see? We don't have a day for Malcolm X. The, I spoke in a memorial February 21st in Phoenix, Arizona. Because we did it as a community. But Malcolm X is not commemorated because, you know, they say that he was anti-white. Which white person did Malcolm kill? Which white person did Steve Biko kill? Mm -hmm. Okay? So, but, you know, this whole thing about they taught, you know, white hate. They taught black people to hate white people. You see, these racist ideologies have delegitimated those spiritual ancestors like Malcolm, like Steve Biko, who have represented the highest of the African spirit. Totally self-sacrificial. Totally self-sacrificial. And all these black academics who try to pontificate and intellectualize either by Steve Biko and Malcolm X, show me your sacrifices of your life, the black liberation movement. Okay? How much of money did Malcolm have? How much of money did Steve Biko have when they passed away? You have money in your account, academic. <laughs> so we need, to be, we need to recognize the highest form of African spirituality and self-sacrifice of the ancestors in Chris Honey, in Robert Mangalisa Sobukwe, in Steve Biko, in Malcolm X, and Harriet Tubman, and Sojourner Truth, and you know, Fannie Lou Hamer and, and, and Bambata and, and Yaa Sentawa and Nahanda, all of these, Patrice Nanda, all of these, you know, uh, matriots and patriots, sheroes and heroes, we need to recognize that this is the model for us to live our lives today, 2015. And um, kind of going, you, you kind of, you answered that perfectly. Now we want to get into kind of a similar, um, uh, kind of a similar topic. Um, we were talking about, we just talked about liberals, the liberals. You, what do you think you do in this book is that you do an excellent, excellent job <laughs> of breaking down about the white left. And the reason why I said, like, we just talked about progressives and stuff like that. And the thing about it is, you can't be a progressive or a good guy, bad guy, whatever, however Manichaeanism you want to break it down when you're a part of a settler society. And you kind of go into the history of like, you know, what is the, the, what is it, the South African Communist Party? Was it the, the and yeah. how they were very, you know, comrade, classless, racist society. And they was like, uh-uh, you Negroes are a part of the scenery. You ours. And they always... You know, and even what, what's the guy? I, I forgot his name. The Slovo, the Slo. What is it? Slovo, yeah. He, and you, 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 you gave him a nice little corrective in the book too. Kind of put him in perspective. Why don't you talk? Because because everybody's always talking about the communist Slovo, 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 Slovo. 
know. But it's like, <laughs> Slow World wasn't no black consciousness movement. So I'm just, the, the, let's talk about our friends on the left for a little bit. Just Yes. So this whole question of the white left, again, you know, these, uh, the way that these elements are set up. And, and this is another part of white supremacy that is uh, subtle. And, um, and it's because, you know, I hate to say this, but the, the extent of contamination from uh, Europe in, in the way that Europe uh, imposed itself on the world. I mean, it's just like, you know, when we used to look at um, a world map, you remember, mm -hmm. even the globe, they used to make Europe so big. Yeah, yeah. Right? And the rest of the world. Uh, because, and it was a distortion. Then I think somebody came out, I think it's called the Peters Projection. Yeah, you're right. I had, you know, the, the whole thing. And Africa is so much larger. Europe is tiny, tiny, tiny. But it's like everything in philosophy, you know, in terms of looking at uh, the crisis in the world, we have to go to Marx or Hegel. Hegel. Or you know, and so... Heidegger. Heidegger. You know, to look at, you know, it's either materialism or if they talk about nihilism, you know, World War One. I. <laughs> I said it was a European war. <laughs> European imposed war. World War Two. We didn't want to be in the war. You see, we're not, we're not a warring people. The only time we had war is when you come and threaten our land that our ancestors gave us to take care of. Right. So when you look at this white left situation, like with the Communist Party, our communism is a Eurocentric ideology. See, that is why the contradictions obtained in places like Ethiopia, even Guinea-Bissau, and yes. so on. Because you can't remove Africans from our ancestral spirituality. Even Cuba made this mistake. And I've been yes. in Cuba, you know. So, it's, it's, you have to look at the culture, the history. That is what holds us together. You, and Africans have been engineering economies from time immemorial. Yes. You know, we cultivated with the forest. We weren't hungry. We didn't have diseases and famines. We knew how to work with the land in respect of the mountains and the water. We were self-sufficient. We were healthy. We didn't have problems. Now we have all kinds of crises. White left, white right, it's the same thing. Yes. Ultimately, it's the same thing because it's white supremacy. It's the white minority of the world telling us what our solutions are to the problem that they created. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, it comes out of their ancestry. Yes. And like Maladoma Somme says, you know, of water and the spirit, the reason why the white people are so restless in the world and perpetually causing war and destruction is because they rejected their own ancestors. Yep. Like when they came to this country. That's they true. They turned their backs on their ancestors. Yes. You see? And so you can't obliterate that. What your ancestors did to the peoples of the world, you have to heal with that. Otherwise, you'll be... So the white people forgot their roots. The result is they are ruthless. If you are ruthless, you become ruthless. <laughs> and they want everybody else to forget their roots so that we all become ruthless yep. that's what's wrong with these negroes in yes mm -hmm. see unconscionable which means they don't have a conscience yep. which is what capitalism is so in terms of the white left and i tell my white friends you know i said look 
the struggle that you have to wage is against white supremacy. You can't come and organize our communities. No. no. You see, that's not your role. <laughs> you have to fight against the edifice of white supremacy, white capitalism, white hegemony, white genocide perpetrated against the entire world. That is your fight, and that is, you have to fight against the corporations, against these large corporations, IBM, Monsanto, Bank of America, you know, these drug-dealing banks, there, right? There you go. And what have you. You know, you have to fight against the pathology of white culture that has produced all of the dysfunction that we see in the world. And they've never had a real cultural revolution, mm -hmm. so to speak. To you yeah, see no, what I'm saying? And the thing about it is, the white left like to act like capitalism and white supremacy came about separately. It's, it's, it comes directly out of that, that ideology. Absolutely. There's no such thing as a racialist capitalism. No, it created no. the concept of races because there's only one human race Absolutely. with different nations within the human family. They've yes. never been against, a, they've never had a cultural revolution mm -hmm. within themselves. And they yes. don't know their own history. Sorry, sorry? They don't know their own history at all. Yes. Not their the, real history. No, <laughs> they no. know fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and, and this is where, you know, it's when you look at the whole notion of linear time, for example, you know, white folks say, man, you're going to be there at six o'clock in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. You're be at six o'clock there in the morning. I always say white folks are always in time, except when it comes to justice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah, that I one. never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's my own, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> like that one. So when you look at it, you know, the way that they see the world, and again, it has to do with the perversity and, and dysfunction of their own culture, that they see human beings. I talk about this in my book in the last chapter, especially in the epilogue uh, in my forthcoming book, which is talking about, you know, when white people see themselves as above nature. Yes. You see? They think they can improve on nature. That's why this whole thing about progressive is such a... The Earth does not make progress. She just goes, turns on an axis all the time. She's moving around the sun in a circle. We all are circles. We're not straight lines. Like white folks say, linear time, alpha to omega. You know, straight line, progress. You're on this train. Things are getting better. Right? You're on this train of progress. Get on the train. Mm -hmm. Get on board. <laughs> So when we look at these notions, these ideological notions that have held us for captivity for so long, you know, the white, so-called white left, the so-called white liberal problem, or the white, even the white radical too. Mm -hmm. See? The man anarchists. Come out of the history <laughs> of white supremacy. They sure do. The history of white supremacy and white privilege. Yes. Peggy McIntosh has that beautiful book, and she's white. She's talking about white privilege, you know, and all of the things that you can assume when you're white. You know, when you turn on the TV, the first person you're going to see is somebody white. When you turn on the news, the first voice you're going to hear is somebody white. The first language you're going to look at is somebody written by a European language. All these things, you know, going into a store, you can assume uh, that you won't be followed because you're white. You know, you won't be shot. I've been stopped outside my house three times by the police asking, 
you know, because there was a burglary in the neighborhood. <laughs> so, I mean, all these kinds of things that take place all converge on white supremacy. The economy, Bank of America, mining companies, you know, academia, the way we do medicine, the, the responses to the environment, including the Green Party. You know, all of these things reflect white supremacy. We are the original environmental, so-called environmental people. We are the original ecological people. We understood the sacredness of the mountains, of the water, of the earth. Women, the women's movement. An African woman is sacred, okay, yeah. because she's the connection to the line to the ancestors. Now you, you have all these fools, <laughs> sorry to say that, you know, on the continent and talk about, oh, you know, we, 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 women can't come here because, you know, uh, they, uh, we, we don't believe in that kind of thing and so on. They've mm -hmm. taken on these rigid yeah, yeah. Of patriarchal structures. That's from colonization. Mm -hmm. Saying women are dirty and, and things feudalism. like that. Yeah. Okay? When the white man came to Africa, he said, take me to your chief. Take me to your man who's the head. Okay? Those African communities were surrounded by councils. Right. We had our own indigenous democratic structures. And women were at the key. The women elders, the women priestesses. You know, uh, the sister talks about it. What's her name? Aifi Ahmed Ume. Uh, what's her book called? Um, female hus male daughters, female husbands. You know, the invention of patriarchy. She talks about this kind of thing. You know, you can look at the Tuareg. You can look at so many different traditions on the African continent. The complementarity, complementariness between women and men. Now you have the women's movement talking about, oh, you know, you Africans are all persecuted and women have, and so forth and so on and so on. We must be extremely careful because this is still white supremacy coming out. White women now, you know, are playing this role. Margaret Thatcher, you talked about the Thatcherites, right? The same kind of mentality which promotes an image of womanhood, of subservience, without looking at the way that we used to have these structures of mutual respect. The woman was seen as sacred. Now we have violence against women because of capitalism. Women's value is de women's labor is devalued, right? You have exploitation, pornography, all these kinds of crazy things. Subjugation of women. When you want to sell a, a car, you put a woman uh, uh, barely clad on the, on, 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 on the hood, right? Mm -hmm. uh, all these misogyny songs that come out, you know, in, 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 in rap and everything else, because it sells. Mm -hmm. You identify women. That is not part of African culture. That is not a part of black culture. Okay? So we have to resist white supremacy. It is really fundamental. The white people have to take, in some sense, come back relearn their own history. You know, go into the history of John Brown. Go into the history of all of these folks that uh, challenged, um, uh, you know, challenged, uh, what is the name? Helen, the woman who was considered blind. She was also part of the... Helen uh, Keller? Helen Keller and yeah, so on. Yeah, she was like so a socialist they were too. I mean, they were resistant. But so you need to go look at white heroes who challenged the system. You know, look at, try to, they're hard to find, but you can begin to unearth the white radical traditions. So 
you begin to teach that history that, that begins to undermine white supremacy. But it's a struggle because white supremacy is a hegemonic totalitarian system. Mm -hmm. It envelops people, and even the white left can always go back to being white. That's it's right. It's it, against the Vietnam War sitting on Wall Street today. Yep. There you go. Corporate boardrooms because yep. they're going back to being white. But blackness and color, you're part of it. It's kind of yep. like something I remember uh, reading about. Uh, part of you. Exactly. It's like something I remember reading in, uh, I think it was uh, Robert Allen's uh, Black Awakening Capitalist America. Like, yes. this, they, and the black students said, you know, we ain't going to be students forever, but we're going to be black forever. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, and like you said, the white left, you know, one of the biggest darlings of theoretical uh, discourse is like Hannah Arden. You know, Hannah yes, Arndt. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. I mean, she was uh, a Negrophobe supreme, man. I mean, she the, yes, she did yes. not like Fanon. She was like, Panthers, oh, these Negroes. But she wrote about him, fascism and imperialism. But oh, yes, yes, she, yes, yes. They love to talk, yeah, yeah, they love to talk about it, right? And kind of just to talk about how you say in your book in the Soviet Union, both the United States and the Soviet Union insisted that the protection of white minority right, rights Oh yeah. Be assured in a new po any new dispensation in post apartheid. That's on page uh, sixty three. Anybody want to look that up? They, that that's the Soviet Union. Absolutely. I mean, you have white supremacy in the Soviet Union. Yeah. You know, just like you have white supremacy in the United States. So it's in, when you look at you know so called Russia and so forth. Most of the people in those places are not white. You know, they people of color. I mean, they so called Asian or African. You know. And the, the mix of peoples out of there, it's one, one human race. We're just using these, you know, these terms yeah, to classify people according to geographic, uh, demographic areas. But you will find the same white supremacist ideology in the Soviet Union. So we've got to look at the, the way that all of these folks come together in terms of partitioning the world so that they yes. can control it. Again, all unanimous, just like re Republicans, Democrats, liberals, progressives, conservatives. They all come together because all the solutions come out of the book of white supremacy, right. out of the canons of white supremacy. You see, it's their language. It's their culture. It's their way of seeing the world. And we're saying that that is no longer relevant for us. Right, and, and because you folks have destroyed the world, you've been mm -hmm. given the opportunity. It's kind of like what and what Mimi said in the uh, colonizer and the colonized. The well, the 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 white left. It's like they're to, they come amongst us to try to find a position to solidify amongst the colonized. And what we're trying to create is a world where your whole national identity. You're going to have to ask yourself who you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if we're going to have this real decolonization. You're going to have to ask yourself who but you like are. But like you always say, they don't have a base in their own community. You know, no. they have no, no position, no real influence in their own community. So they want to come to us, you know, so they can feel like kings and queens or feel like they're helping somebody. You know what I mean? So they can feel, get some, that's how they get out their identity as white people anyway, right? Oh, in, yeah. in contradiction to us. So... That's yeah. why liberals, they're, they're so dangerous, you know, right. because they come around us and we get so confused because we have this, what John Henry Clark called ego starvation, that we just let them infest everything we do, you know? And I like to call, I like to call it living by default. You know, white people can live by default because like you said, everything around us is white culture. Mm -hmm. We can't live by default. And a lot of us try to do that. We can't do that. That's not going to work, you know, but that's yeah, all I mean, I'm 
Yeah, it's it's also crazy because now you have white folks talking about intermarriage as a solution to racism. Oh, oh God, my, it's oh everywhere, my, too. What in the world? It is everywhere. There is, oh my goodness, <laughs> it is so prevalent. And hey, man, I, all I got to say is this. It's kind of like, um, like you talk, we talked about in South Africa, you got the colored Distinction, yeah. right? Yeah. And in Brazil, you got the the, the what is it, a Prado, or Prado? Yes, and, yeah. and we went we went we went to Venezuela, and you know they said, "Oh, cafe con leche" and stuff like that, you know. And I was a negrito, da, da, da. you are you Prado from Brazil? I was like, man, nah, I'm an African from America. Dig that, right? <laughs> and so that's the way to do. It's like even if we were to get into the racist class society, and you want to negate your stuff, there's still gonna be hegemony. They didn't yeah. do it to us because it was black. That's what even Ralph Rodney said that how Europe developed Africa. We could all had glasses. They want them resources. It wouldn't have been racism. It would have been glassism. And the real yeah. message is for it's, black it's, women it's, to get with white men. It's everywhere. It that is, is everywhere. the message. It's it's in fact, yeah, this is and this comes out of the the, the so-called white liberal and the white uh mess. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because um instead of looking and interrogating and challenging and undermining the edifice of white supremacy. They say, well, you know, what we'll do is we'll just have, we'll go marry, intermarry with, with black folk, you know, and so eventually we won't have this thing called white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And that's where you, you, you have the same mentality of the negation of blackness. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why I'm saying the perversion. You see, we are not deficient as a people, and this is where we really have to struggle. We are not deficient. We are victims of deficiency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're victims of, of deficiency, of imperialism, of white genocide, and of white supremacy. And so we've got to reclaim our ancestors. And that's the struggle. And people say, oh, man, you know, we can't go back. We have to go back. We have, we have to go back because we've got to realize how messed up we are. I mean, just look at our black world today. Mm-hmm. What are we doing to ourselves? We hate ourselves. We hate our children. We oh, hate my God. Oh our, my God. And we hate our youth. We hate our elders. Mm. We dump them and put them in some, uh, you know, senior home or whatever it is. You know, we dump them. What kind I of mean, culture creates places like that? You know what yeah, I'm just... But look, 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 look at how alienated we are from our ancestors who are crying out to us and saying, you know, never forget. We're still with you. We ne- our ancestors never abandoned us. So I'm saying all these solutions that the white left comes out with, you know, and we get hooked into it. Just because you marry a black man or you marry a black woman doesn't, doesn't mitigate your situation that you come from a community that's steeped in white supremacy and that benefits from white supremacy. Yep. Because you can leave the black woman and black man and go back to being white. You see, the mm-hmm. black man and the black woman are still there. Colin never leaves the brother and the sister. Mm-hmm. See? So we have got to look at these issues in ways, you know, intelligently, as Malcolm would say, in ways in which we begin to challenge the edifice. You know, I was, uh, we did a paper on uh, Antonio Fermi, who the, uh, the, the Fermi, the uh, Haitian anthropologist, the black anthropologist, last week. And they were talking about this crazy thing, you know, in the Caribbean, uh, the whites would say, this is how perverted it gets. That's why we need more courses on white studies in some sense. Because these white supremacists, these white anthropologists from, uh, uh, friend, uh, from France and Britain and so on, anthropology is one of the leading disciplines culpable in the genocide. It sure is. It sure okay? is. And so, um, 
So when you look at the way that these white anthropologists and these white colonists would say, they said, oh, white people are supreme, Aryan supremacy, pure race, and that if white people marry with black people, then the so-called mulatto, the mixed offspring, is weaker. This is what they were saying. And then Antonov Furman says, oh, no, 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 no. The offspring is fine. Look at Latin America and so on and so on. He, he engages in this whole discourse in one of his chapters in his book. Um, and, and, and this is another book if you want to also read it. It's, it's an interesting book, um, the, the Equality of the Human Races. Okay? Now, it's anthropology and, and it's dealing with white supremacy in response to uh, Gobineau's book, The Inequality of Human Races. So, um, but, but, you know, look at how perverted this becomes. The unadulterated white race, the pure, the only race in the world that's pure is white. Right? And, and then they come in and rape our women and then they say, you know, just like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, right? Denounce their African children, continue to hold African children as slaves, their own children, and deny their connection to the African woman, you know? I mean, this is the perversity. Mm-hmm. Then these guys, these white supremacists in the Caribbean saying, oh, you know, the offspring is all weaker and so forth. And then um, uh, Antonio Furman saying, no, 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 you know, uh, it's fine and, and very healthy nations and societies and so forth as a, as a product of miscegenation. Mm-hmm. Getting us distracted. Yes. All convoluted, you know, pathological dysfunctional system of white supremacy. Now, if we are concerned with our awakening, it's because we've been asleep. Now, we were put to sleep by historical catastrophes. And you know, when people get into an accident, they need to go to sleep in order to survive the accident. If you are totally conscious when it happens, you won't survive. Many lives will be lost to them are hunger easy It's way bigger than the pain that I place on the CD If I told you all the truth, would you really believe me? It's still my hunger easy It's still my hunger easy How many lives will be lost to them my hunger easy It's way bigger than the pain that I place on the CD If I told you all the truth, would you really believe me? It's still my hunger easy It's still my hunger easy My hunger easy meaning African Holocaust Cause we paid a hell of a cost And don't really know what was lost And the process ain't ever stopped Since black civilization dropped For internal greed and external plot The same ones that taught the ancient Greeks Greece and Rome helped bring to the knees Then Islam spread across Northern Africa Whip slavery and massacres Too many hurt, refused to convert Spread south and west, people dispersed Christianity's not alone In using race and religion for power to expand Desert caravans took slaves across sand Where they staged a revolt at Zanj Enemies always invented mythologies Curse of Ham, so-called prophecy after the migration, there was some reinstatement of autonomous nations 
Them floating on the waves of the seas Came a plague of genocidal disease With arms and heads, they looked like men Really they were just dogs on two legs When they first came, some of our people said go Most welcomed them into our homes We didn't know, they had hearts of stone Frozen by Western Europe's cold Also, there were scumbags among us Willing to work for white conquerors on us With that collaboration began the largest forced migration In the history of nations How many lives will be lost to them it's way bigger than the pain that I place on the CD If I told you all the truth, would you really believe me? It's the Ma'angamizi, it's the Ma'angamizi How many lives will be lost to the Ma'angamizi? It's way bigger than the pain that I place on the CD If I told you all the truth, would you really believe me? It's the Ma'angamizi, it's the how many millions dead at the bottom of the ocean Thrown overboard like property stolen or jumped overboard Rather than be sold on a mother with a baby in arms Hold on, what awaited was not just enslavement But a genocidal impulse craving They committed unspeakable abuses To make a nigger from an African human Took a woman ready to give birth Tied her limbs to four posts held firm In the main square made every slave watch Covered her in raw meat Now like dogs if anyone watching Even a relative Made a sound kill them for the hell of it This was every day Not the exception The science of gynecology was perfected On black women no anaesthetic Said a nigga bitch Couldn't feel pain pathetic Hang a man from a tree Cut off his penis Force people to eat Their own feces Put people in zoos In a cage Chimpanzee Black human ape And it was upon This atrocity Europe became The dominant economy Now they play games Pretend it's about names It's a scheme For unequal trade Imagine the largest Companies today If all of their Employees got no pay For all of the centuries Profit was made Black skin was always Branded slave Even the child Of the master's rape Could be killed and sold Cause black blood in the veins But the ancestors Fought back got free Probably ain't heard of Jean-Jacques Dessalines Probably don't know the Haitian Revolution Caused the French to sell half of America Nor the role that Africans played In the Civil War for that same America If you ain't heard in any of the Maroons or Bogle Probably believe what they told you But if they set Africans free Cause all of a sudden they grew a conscience Tell me this Why were the masters given compensation And those who suffered not given a thing Why did they then invade Africa Make African slaves in their own homes With the Belgians killing 10 million souls In the Congo alone Why then Jim Crow Why apartheid Why the Black Wall Street burn that night Why collaborate Will work for such evil Willing to be tools against their own people Why Africom? Imperialism for the new age with a brown face on it That's right Imperialism for the new age with a brown face on it How many lives will be lost to the Ma'angamizi? It's way bigger than the pain that I place on the CD If I told you all the truth would you really believe me? It's the Ma'angamizi It's the Ma'angamizi How many lives will be lost to the Ma'angamizi? It's way bigger than the pain I place on the CD If I told you all the truth Would you really believe me? It's the Ma'angamizi It's the Ma'angamizi Some will try their best to justify this torture Asking you who the slaves were brought from As if we don't know, tell them get the hell out Every genocide ever has had sellouts And the largest wars of humans were fought between people of Western Europe Some of your rationale is cool to kill Frenchmen They kill Germans that look like them Absurd right, but when your skin's white Different set of rules you can't abide by Dark sufferings not humanized No surprise, we still see ourselves through their eyes Darkies became legally human during the course of our parents' life And the freedoms we have only occur because the ancestors spilled the blood to the earth It changed that much? You so sure? The world's darker people still the most poor? So it's our task to put an end to this Even those like me with a heritage mix If a knife's in your back, nine inches And it's only been pulled out six When the wound starts healing and we stop bleeding and bleaching Can it begin to fix? When the plague of self-hate's no longer a weight so great Push you to kill one another When we put a stop to fool's charity To give with one hand and one with the other When the IMF World Bank along with the puppets no longer strangle our nations when the invaders don't have military bases in so many places when the jail cells are packed with black backs and the gats and the crack are no longer factors when we celebrate
great true self-determination Not a few token bit part actors When the truth is told And there is the dignity to remember the dead As long as they're distorting the past Means they have the intention of doing it again How many lives will be lost to the Mahangamizi It's way bigger than the pain that I place on the CD If I told you all the truth would you really believe me? It's the Mahangamizi It's the Mahangamizi How many lives will be lost to the Mahangamizi It's way bigger than the pain that I place on the CD If I told you all the truth would you really believe me? It's the Mahangamizi It's the Mahangamizi We talked about Biko. We talked about the left. We talked about that. We talked about, um, you know, the good intentions. Now, I want to talk about the biggest farce. And I was, and this is in the, I think it was in the 90s. I want to talk about one of the biggest farce, I think, in, one of, in one of the biggest farce in human history. It's called the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Uh, uh, commission. I, I mean, uh, you talk about in the book Biko's Widow and... I have I'm, I, I'm no I, no disrespect, but disrespect to Desmond Tutu. Uh, Desmond Tutu pulled a Desmond Boo Boo move and Desmond Doodoo move. I don't know. I, I think I read that book and 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 I was I was telling Zari also. Make sure record. I remember I said, man, you, Julian be clowning in the book. You remember when Desmond Tutu said you said in the book? He said it was like voting was like falling in love. You said, <laughs> look, bro. In order to fall in love, you got to have an interlocutor. You got to be able to love somebody back. Who the hell you fall in love with, fool? But um, (laughs) can we talk about the truth of Ricky? I mean, I think this showed the most utter. I don't. I'm I'm talking about Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about all this stuff with these youngsters. I ain't mad at the youngsters. I'm mad at these old bourgeois Negroes who was around and know. We look at the truth and reconciliation committee. They... Know who murdered, assassinated, assassinated Biko. Doodoo, I mean Tutu, it was going to say, <laughs> come around and you forgive him. We are... Just confess and you can walk can away. Can you just talk about the truth and reconciliation? <laughs> this is a very, very important topic. And it goes back to uh, some of the issues that we've talked about there, uh, James and Zali, and that's about... Um, the negotiated settlement and um, Madiba on as he's leaving the prison after 27 years talking about we appreciate the contributions of the white minority and, and the white community in South Africa the white people helped to build this country and so forth and so on and when you look at the manner that this tra- Truth and Reconciliation Commission was designed. You know, I mean, I hate to say it, but maybe there were elements of evil in it, in the sense that nothing came out of it. Really. The killers of Steve Biko could go free. Or the killers of Munta Moyeza and uh, the Craddock Three, the killers of black freedom fighters, uh, you know, there was a case where uh, there was a black man who was actually being barbecued, literally. Yes. Barbecued. yes. Remember that story? And the and, and these white um, security forces were drinking beer nearby. They talked about it. They, I mean, it was the detail. Yeah. yeah. They they got black parents and and witnesses to come out and, and break down and weep and. 
and testify about what happened. And the killers and the murderers were all allowed to say sorry and go home. You know, we have one million black women and men in prisons in the United States. And uh, many of those brothers and sisters, because I have a prison project too, and I go into these prisons and talk to um, black men and black, you know, black women. And, and if you are in jail for a drug conviction, you can go to jail for 10 years. You can't say, I'm sorry. You know, whereas HSBC and, and Wells Fargo and Bank America can roll in trillions of dollars worth of drug money, drug mm -hmm. laundering money, and get rewarded, and not even pay taxes, you know. Yep. So here we have in Africa, black lives don't matter. And unfortunately, uh, religion you know, this whole notion of, quote, forgiveness and reconciliation that is a supposed part of Judeo-Christianity plays a role in this where Desmond Tutu, who was one of the chairs of the commission, saying, you know, but we have no justice. We have no, uh, no, no uh, provision for reparations or restitution of any form, okay? It should have been a truth and reparations commission, but imperialism and the whole white world, white supremacist world comes back into play and the Western world comes into play because that would mean that these corporations would have to pay back. You know, they would have to pay money. Again, it's this attachment to their God, which is money. And they would have to also recognize the horrific system of, quote, apartheid, white supremacy, settler colonialism, capitalism, all in one. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and, it's, and it's effects of genocide. Right? But this was a, a smokescreen. It was an ideological smokescreen to begin to whitewash everything and to clean it up. To clean up these crimes against humanity these crimes of inhumanity against humanity. Apartheid was officially classified as a crime against humanity in 1977 by the United Nations. Right? These crimes were all swept away in a matter of months, hmm. thanks to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Because, you know, if there were the other side on this, on this program, they would say, well, what are you saying, Julian? Are you saying that we should continue to hold things against these people who did these crimes and I'm saying justice justice is a part of the human condition. We have the Nuremberg trial. You know whenever there are people who are uh, Jewish um, or who are part of the uh, uh, victims of the Third Reich in Germany, Second World War and so forth, we have the Nuremberg trial the Nuremberg Convention. And people will still go and, and seek out the crime and the perpetrators of those who committed those crimes, right, in the concentration camps. Now, if those people are recognized as human and demanding reparations, what about the Africans who are victims of this horrific genocide system called apartheid? 
in South Africa, where the crimes against black humanity continue into the present day. Continues in the structure of South Africa still being structured the way it is to this day, as you said. And you bring up a perfect point in your book uh, on page 196, 197. The white folks won't even let OJ get away with it. And they said he was innocent. Yeah. And it's like you said, they are t- in, the, in, the, in the Jewish Holocaust, they rightfully should never forget. But we told, you better forget. Yep. Yes. You better forget. It's, if you don't forget, you acting outside of your natural you being anti-white. Black, black character of forgiveness being a jovial people <laughs> that love your mammy. Oh, I love your mammy. I forgive you. <laughs> I know. See, we have been dehumanized. We have been dehumanized to the point that we are so colonized and so conditioned and brainwashed by the white supremacist system that we take their interpretations of our humanity and accept it as normative for ourselves. Yeah. And we're willing to abdicate justice. Yes. We're willing to surrender justice for our people. These are our children. These are our children. They're priceless. They were tortured. They were murdered in cold blood by killers, by professionally trained killers. See? And so uh, this is why South Africa is in such a mess today. You know, this is why black life continues to be devalued. This is why black people continue to live the outrage of massive black poverty in the country. I mean, in the slums, in the townships, in the locations, in the, in the shacks, in the squalor. You know, in Soweto, in, in Kwamashu, in, in Kyalicha, and Crossroads, all over South Africa, the majority of black people, 80 to 90 percent, live in dire poverty. 80 percent of South Africa's uh, health budget goes to take care of the 17% privileged minority, those who have access to health care. The majority of people in South Africa don't have access to health care in 2015. So anybody from the government needs to respond. You know, if they, if they claim that I'm attacking uh, the government in terms of my criticism, I'm saying, what is the reality of the black poor? Except that the precedent was set with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which means that white life is untouched, both in terms of land ownership and in, times, uh, and in terms of intentional crimes, willful crimes of violence, lethal crimes, torture, assassination that happens systematically against those who resisted and challenged apartheid, against the children who were killed in Soweto, the people of Sharpville, you know, those people who were kept in prisons, the killers of Steve Biko, you know. I mean, when you look at this kind of system, it is saying that black people are on a different level of humanity. Black, you know, just like these movies from Hollywood that come out, the black hero always dies in the end. <laughs> yes. And sacrifices his life. Oh, it was just by sacrifice. He got a sacrifice, yes. To, sa- to, to save the white man. Yep. Right? The black hero is always dying or the black heroine is always dying to save the white woman or the white man. See? So black people continue to be self-sacrificed in South Africa today. And what people like Tutu were trying to say was we can't continue to live in a climate of racial polarization and seek vengeance. Justice 
was equated with vengeance and vindictiveness. You know, well, how about this then? We have a million black, because South Africa and the United States are connected, right? Stories. How about one million black women and men in the States? Is the prison system and the justice system, which is worth hundreds of billions of dollars in the United States, willing to let black people go free from prison in the name of reconciliation with black people in the United States today? No. Justice. You know, I mean, there was a Black Panther out in Spain. Remember, the brother was out in Spain. Yeah, they yeah. were deported from Spain mm-hmm. to come and face a uh, trial for, I think it was a bank robbery or some type of thing here in the United States, like 40 years ago. And Spain said no because he could face the death penalty. And the they European Union would, would not deport, deport him uh, because they won't deport him to a country that has the death penalty, capital punishment. So, but see, White supremacy in the United States, white supremacy in South Africa, white supremacy in the United States says black people have to pay the price. Do the crime, you do the time. Of course, it's totally racist, right? Capital punishment, the prison system in the United States. Comes to South Africa, white supremacy operates again. This time it's reconciliation for the white (laughs) And then you have people accepting and the African National Congress as the managerial white supremacist party, because white supremacy is pulling the strings from behind the lines, even though they are black faces like Madiba and they had Oliver Tambo and they had, you know, uh, Jacob Zuma and, and Cyril Ramaphosa and all these, these men. And sometimes they may have women too, but it's, a, it's, it's just on the face of it, on the surface. But the reality is, it's a white control system. So the Truth and Reconciliation Commission was about protecting white people and making them feel good, even after the crime. I never could understand. I mean, recently I was in a Whole Foods store and I saw a magazine with Desmond Tutu holding his little prayer beads. And on the cover, he says, our, capacity, our great capacity to forgive. Mm-hmm. Now, if you tell some American, you you know, you might want to, you kind of occupy territory, buddy. You know, you have killed people. It's my right. Well, you better shut up. And I never could understand when I came into a certain level of consciousness, how in the hell can we as African people not know who the hell the clerk was in the Nationalist Party in Madiba? See, nobody's a say should be a sacred cow. This is a, this is this is chess, not checkers. We playing to win for Pan Africanism, right? So when you, I don't care what he did in the past, what you think he did in the past. This fool won the Nobel Prize from Alpha Nobel. Look who they give with the Negroes. They give the Nobel Prize to Obama. Got a Nobel Prize? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They gave him the Nobel. They split it between the clerk and Madiba. They split it, and they went on a world national world to a see Negro. You get a prize, and you get a movie with Idris Elba if you just sell out every damn thing. <laughs> These Negroes will sell out for a movie. And you see, the thing about it is, Julian, I look at it like this. You know, the set of the colony, they're going to do what the set of the colonial people going to do. This, this neo-colonialism sure thing, it's the last stage of imperialism. Just like in Googie talk about some of his writings, we are in the era of Karen Blixen. She wrote Out of Africa. Yeah. You know, this is the time when they're helping us out and they're going to help us to management positions. 
They're going to help us with inroads into the economy. <laughs> they say they call it the economy, but it's the Western economy. Everything has a cultural basis. And we didn't see, our, like you said, we didn't see ourselves as owners of the land. We were custodians. I know. Custodian. There's a difference between custodian Absolutely. and owner. I, I, I just, when I read the whole part of the book, it just, I, I don't know. I ain't even going to say nothing on we, that. We talk after that because I don't, <laughs> kind of affected me emotionally. I don't you know, the, the Nobel Prize um, was another ploy of white supremacy. Nobel was the inventor of dynamite. Dynamite, yes. Uh-huh, we heard that. Uh, you know, and dynamite. So <laughs> what they tried to do was, to, again, you see, it's white supremacy. And as Malcolm said, you know, they, they distort things in such devious ways that they make the criminal look like the hero mm-hmm. and the hero the criminal. Yep. You know, the good guys... Just like on the, the cops and, and, and robbers, right? I mean, on, on television. The FBI, all these films in the FBI, you know? The FBI, you know, that has infiltrated the Black Panther Party that m- was responsible for the killing of black freedom fighters in this country. Red Hampton, Mark Clark, COINTELPRO. Yeah, yeah. Red Hampton, Mark Clark, and all of, the, all, all of our, our, our people who fought, who were responsible for infiltrating Martin Luther King's uh, you know, movement, the SELC, and, and it was a peaceful movement, was not violent. <laughs> and so when we look at the, at the way that, the way that these organizations operate, they begin to distort things so that the white folks come out looking clean. Yeah. See, no that's the what. whole thing. Even though the crimes, you know, most people that take drugs in this country are white, right? But 75% of the people who are imprisoned, incarcerated, convicted, are black. Yeah. Now, right there, Ferguson, you know, 10% white minority, living off the black majority. Mm. I mean, systematically, right? Systematically. Domestic colonialism, yeah. And using black people, you know, you'd be sitting in a car, they'd say, oh, you, you, you know, you, you, you're loitering. Here's a $100 ticket. I mean, in 2015... And what is the Justice Department going to do about it? Okay? The same thing in South Africa. This whole thing with reconciliation and Tutu talking about this capacity to love. What? Injustice? <laughs> the capacity to love injustice? You know, Tutu? Again, he benefited too. See, all of yeah, about the money. Yeah, that's why he on the talk about the money. Uh-huh. You know, Nobel Prize. I mean, two the credit of Martin Luther King Jr. When they awarded that prize. He donated that, the money, yeah. And Coretta was complaining. She said, Martin, we got kids, you know, we got needs. He said, that money belongs to the people. He did. I have respect for King principally in that area because he was not after the money. Okay? And so when you look at that situation, so many, the majority of our so-called leaders have bought into the system, are beneficiaries of the system, and can continue to propagate this truth and reconciliation. When I was in Zimbabwe with Kenan Banana, the former president, 1997, I think it was, and he was saying, yes, what is that truth and reconciliation commission they have in South Africa? Why didn't they call it truth and reparations? Why is Mm. there no reparations for the Africans who are dispossessed, who are victimized by the crimes of apartheid, violence, you know, for 400 years. That's the struggle where we got to go today. All right.
that's our show, y'all. Like we said, this was excerpts. The whole interview with Julian Cooney was three hours in its entirety. And if you want to listen to the whole three-hour interview in its entirety, all you have to do is go to conscientization101.com or c101magazine.com and subscribe today. Now look here. Not only are you going to have access to this particular interview with Julian Cooney, but you're going to have access to all of C101's interviews, past, present, and future, plus more. So just go on over to the website, and you can see the subscription benefits for full details. And most importantly, you know what I'm saying, y'all will be supporting 100% independent media. But I won't hear none of that stuff like, nobody doing nothing, nobody doing something independent, everything is controlled, the corporate media. Y'all need to start supporting shit that ain't corporate media. Stop complaining, and when people put their money in their pocket to make something real, support it. Don't just look at it. Don't just like it on Facebook, on Twitter, whatever, and Instagram. Support it, you know what I'm saying? Cost money to put it up, you know what I'm talking about? Alright, this episode features sounds from a collar. The first track you heard was Get Educated from his Knowledge is Power Mixtape Volume 1 album. And the next track you heard from a collar was Mangamizi from his album The Thieves Banquet. Alright, we'd like to thank Julian Cooney for being on the show. And his book is Apartheid Really Dead, Pan-Africanist Working Class Cultural Critical Perspectives is available on our website in our library section. So go ahead on, go to the website and check that out, purchase that book. And also, Julian has a new book out, just dropped this year. It's called The Cost of Globalization, Dangers to the Earth and Its People. We'd like to thank Julian for sending us an autographed copy of this book. Thank you very much, Julian. We know you didn't have to do that. We really appreciate that. And we're going to read this book as quickly as possible so that we can get you back on the show to talk about it. Now, y'all, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Conscien1. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-1. On Facebook at Conscientization101. And Instagram at C101Editors. That's our show. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Man, I'm about to get up out of here before I start messing up and saying all kind of crazy shit. Peace.